Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcasts. Listen up, Ohio, because this is a test from Pepsi. If you call Seabus Seatown, you're not from Ohio. If you don't know the Blue Jackets actually have a fifth line, you're not from Ohio. And if you don't know what to say when someone yells OH, you're not from Ohio. We know this because at Pepsi, we are from Ohio. In fact, we bottle ice cold Pepsi right here in Seabus. So when you're thirsty for something that says you're from here and proud of it, grab a Pepsi and say here's to OHIO, where Pepsi and life are oh so refreshing. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to a Monday edition of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. Adam Weinrib here alongside Thomas Carinante. And no, we're not happy that the Yankees won one game in Tampa in the 10th inning after blowing hundreds of opportunities and nearly being swept. We're a little satisfied. Things could be okay. But we're not happy. If you waited all day expecting a delighted podcast, you waited for the wrong thing. Folks, make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review along with the mailbag question if that's something that you got in your arsenal and you're looking to have a question answered. We've got some unanswered questions about this Yankee team. Thomas Carinante, honestly, losing a series two out of three, not the worst thing in the world, but uh, don't tell that to anybody who had to watch the entire thing beginning to end because it was it was pretty close to the worst thing possible. It was very much brutal. I said last week off the record, didn't say it on the pod. I said, you know what? Just one win in Tampa is fine for me because I was expecting a sweep once again. Uh, and you can't be happy with Sunday's win. I'm sorry. I, I don't want, like I said, we don't want these narratives to continue. We really don't want to be downers, but you can't tell me yesterday's win made you feel good. They're fundamental fundamentals are are the worst in major league baseball and it's not even close and that's both that's you that was on full display in the eighth and ninth innings and then they needed two bailout errors from the Rays to survive and get those extra runs in the 10th look Gary Sanchez came through Rugnado Dor came through those are worth talking about and that's those are commendable efforts but DJ LeMahieu, that should have been a ground into double play. Oh, Gio did come through, uh, but Manny Margot, not sure what he's doing out there. He got uh, he, he got the turf monster uh, to have that ball go flying over his head, but wasn't impressive at all. Once again, uh, rotation cracked this weekend uh, very much. Kluber was not good. Domingo Herman was not good to the point where he was optioned, although that there uh-huh. were other... Yeah, I mean, but there were, you know, he's coming back. That was to just preserve immediately. The yeah, he yeah. might miss a start, but he probably won't. Yeah. Um, and it actually worked out well because Albert Abreu was able to pitch that garbage inning in the bottom of the 10th when they were up four. But also Jordan Montgomery did not look great. I know that he ended up battling and getting through five, but four run- runs against the Rays. Not very good. Uh, the especially this Rays offense that did not perform well at all on Sunday. They just managed to string together a couple of those home runs. Um, and then you look at the Yankees' offense in totality over the weekend: thirteen runs in three games. Not good. Guess who they couldn't hit? 
Chris Archer, who hasn't pitched in how long, Rich Hill, who hasn't pitched in how long, and Brent Honeywell, who hasn't pitched in how long. So once again, letting these guys kind of just get through the get through the first couple innings unscathed. Um, And then what was the game? uh, Well, they they lost 10-5 on Friday and uh, they 15 of Rich Hill and uh, what's his name? Uh, Hunter Strickland retired 15 of 17 batters. What's his name? Truly like, what's his yeah, name? It does not like matter. Unbe- like just unbelievable stretches where once the Yankees go down, they can't start games emphatically, which is kind of what we've seen aside from those two Orioles wins. And then when they go down, they really don't look like they're, they, they care anymore. It's just get us, get us to the eighth inning. We know what's going to happen. It's just constant one, two, three innings in the situational hitting. I don't think we need to really talk about, but that was not once again, not good grounding into double plays. Um, they did try to bunt, um, and then on the base paths, not sure what Brett Gardner's doing, trying to get steel home there when the ball just popped in the air, but I don't know. Overall, you can't be happy with it. Like I said, don't really want to be Scrooge about all this, but um, a win's a win. We'll take it, but you can't. You simply can't feel good about what you saw over the last three days. Yeah, DJ LeMahieu rolling over ball after ball, not to put the onus on him a little bit, but he's supposed to be one of the few salves that gets you out of struggles like this. And like maybe if the whole team is a little off with runners in scoring position, you get DJ up in a big situation like that. And it sort of papers over the ongoing issue. No, he, he grounded into a huge double play in the seventh and he grounded into another almost double play in the ninth. And he basically, you know, probably would have been the number one culprit for the loss if the Yankees hadn't pulled together. I mean, you're one strike away from going to the bottom of the 10th with the automatic runner on second still tied 4-4. Thank goodness for Rudy Neto Jordan, his debut. uh, Game-winning hit in a debut. Shades of Chase Headley in the 14th inning in uh, that game against the Rangers at home. It doesn't happen that often. It was pretty cool. And then the Yankees sort of rampaged from there. Gary Sanchez, the Yankees' best offensive player so far this year. Uh, mm-hmm. both in terms of availability and ability, and he's going to sit on Monday night for Derek Cole. Uh, I mean, he did play three games in a row on turf. Yeah. This thing makes total sense to get him out of the lineup. But They're strategizing this very well, the Yankees. Yeah, oh, they're, they are looking like Masterful. geniuses. Geniuses. He's not his personal catcher, but we just so happen to shove Gary Sanchez <laughs> into enough games that he's not going to be catching Derek Cole again. Trust us, there will come a time when he will, but not today, not last time, not next time. Um, yeah, very smart. But he is currently their best hitter. Um, and maybe should be DHing. Uh, I'm sure the lineup will come out shortly, but I think they're going to like it's getting to the point where obviously you want to give Stanton rest every so often anyway. You're going to maybe look into DHing Gary Sanchez instead of Stanton in those Higashioka days because he yeah. has. He has been their best hitter so far and maybe best overall player. Um, Glaber Torres got a huge clutch hit yesterday. Look, I, I do. Com- I mean, I complain as much as the next guy about the Yankees not coming through in clutch situations. And I was whining this weekend, as I want to do, about the Red Sox already having two last at-bat wins in eight games. How long would it take for the Yankees to do that this year? 100, 110 games? Like, the Red Sox have already tied two games in the bottom of the ninth. Um, I don't even think the Red Sox are that good. I think the Red Sox are decent. I think they're a above 500 team and they're playing like one. They're pretty good. Good offense. Okay. Pitching whatever. This isn't a Red Sox podcast, but it will be many times over the course of the year for some reason. But like how, how long would it take for the Yankees to have two wins like that for all my whining and complaining after Sunday's game, the Yankees now have two games that they trailed the bottom of the or top of the eighth inning and tied. So they lost one of those. They won yesterday's on a miracle, but that's two. That's two games. They under the eighth inning trailing that they have taken to extras. Uh, they still looked terrible in almost every situation in which runners are in scoring position waiting to be cashed in. But the simple fact remains that despite not winning one of those, they did do that twice in the first week and a half. So I will give them props 
for that. Uh, but no other contender on earth loses the Mike Talkman scamper mad dash game. Uh, no other contender on earth. Yesterday's game, they hadn't walked before yesterday's game in which they walked like eight times. They had walked three times in a hundred plate appearances. That's embarrassing. That's crazy. Yeah. But no other contender. We're, we're trying to judge the Yankees differently, right? There are people get into my mentions and people who are close personal friends reach out and tell me to settle down. And I get it, but I'm trying to treat the Yankees as the contender. They want to be treated as some teams are going to be that bad with runners in scoring position early in the season. Some teams are going to be on the verge of three and six. You can dig yourself out of a hole. I get it, but I have higher expectations for the New York Yankees, especially because of what they tell me they are, what they tell me they solved with their off season moves and what they tell me the offense can be year in and year out. It's the same thing in the opening month again and again and again. So forgive me for thinking that, you know, a team that walks eight times in a game shouldn't be battling out in the 10th inning with two outs and a tie game against the Rays. They should already have seven or eight or nine runs on the board by the time the ninth rolls around. Uh, this team should not go down one nothing in the Domingo Herman game and then just put the bats away. Yeah. Chris Archer got hurt. Give Chris Archer credit. He came out and looked good for two innings, and that's yeah. great. And it's it sucks that we were about to get beaten by Chris Archer, but the Yankees got the break of the century. He leaves the, the Rays, who've already lost Nick Anderson from the bullpen and Pete Fairbanks from the bullpen and are going with these like the seventh and eighth and ninth men have to bring in dudes like Jeffrey Springs and Chris Mazza or whatever. And those people don't even break a sweat. The Yankees don't put people on base in that game. Nope. The third inning, a reliever comes in. And the Yankees are like, eh, we got we to gotta, we gotta work cut out for us tomorrow. Let's start game planning on that one. Um, like, I, I understand... It is difficult. You know, baseball is hard. It's a hard game. I apologize for having higher expectations for the Yankees. Uh, I understand that the Rays are good. The Yankees should be better. The Yankees have a better roster than the Rays. The Rays are still in their head and own them. And the first two games of this series and the first nine innings of the third game of this series looked exactly like every Yankees-Rays game last year, whether it be played at the Trop or otherwise. The Yankees are going into Toronto now, and by into Toronto, I mean into Dunedin, Florida. They have Garrett Cole going, they have Jamison Tyone going, and Teoscar Hernandez is out, and George Springer is still out, and right now, the Toronto Blue Jays, uh, I mean, as constructed at their peak, the Blue Jays are a worse team than the Yankees, but right now, the Blue Jays are definitely lagging behind the Yankees in terms of overall talent. Will they be able to actually show that in a three-game series? Will the extra innings from Sunday spark them? I, I don't have faith yet, and it's because I hold this team to a higher standard outside of one inning of two-out thunder. I haven't seen anything I've liked since we last recorded a podcast. No, and the pro the problem, you look to yesterday, and you're like, wow, 8-4 win, great, but until Glaber Torres' uh, clutch hit in the eighth, they were 0-11 for 11 with runners in scoring position. If you date it back to Saturday... They were 0 for 15 with runners in scoring position. And then if you date it back to Friday, they were 1 for 16. If you don't put it all in totality. So they ended up going 4 for 4 with runners in scoring position to end yesterday's game, which could be a sign of, of good things to come. Who knows? But when you're going in these types of streaks, it's just it's so not acceptable for the talent on this team and for what we're expecting of this team. Giancarlo Stanton, I think think and hope he'll come around, but I have not really seen any good at bats from him. And I don't know if fans are going to flame me for that. I'm not sure. I loved his grand slam that got me amped and happy, but you look at the at bats he's putting forth. It's honestly, it's either a five pitch walk or it's a four pitch strikeout. 
And that th- there is no quality of pass with John Carlson. It's the it's the definition of boomer bust with him. And it's already showing he's batting 188 with a 313 slugging. That's very bad. I know his walk um, in the top of the 10th inning was huge. But if you have him and Aaron Hicks, who's Aaron Hicks is batting 129 with 226 slugging percentage. Once again, only nine games in, not the end of the world. But you're looking at some really, really bad at bats from the meat of the lineup. Um and even though, look, we're, we're people aren't thrilled with DJ LeMay, who's doing so far, but we'll certainly take a 297 average with a 459 slugging from him at this point. Like, I can't even believe he it doesn't seem like he's performing that well, but those numbers are worlds better than what we're talking about in terms of uh, Hicks and Stanton. And then, you know, you got Glaber, right, coming either before Hicks and Stanton or after over the last two games. Uh, Boone kind of mixed it up 222 with a 250 slugging. So, you can't really have that with three guys who are supposed to be your, your better hitters. I know uh, Hicks is kind of Hicks is a controversial guy, uh, not like personally, but like amongst Yankee fans in terms of what his, what his role on the team is and where he should be in the lineup. He is a walks machine, but is con he, he could be making more contact. He probably could be uh, trying to just make, contact with the ball in certain situations. We've kind of seen him trying to swing out of his shoes a few times. He takes way too many pitches for fans liking. Um, so to have those guys in the meat of the lineup, not giving you quality at bats is a problem. Um, and it is a problem at the onset because the the amount of, the amount of things that have gone wrong for the Yankees for a team who's supposed to be contending on the offensive side, I'm not going to, the, the pitching is the pitching. I understand that the rotation is probably, was probably going to come back down to earth after the historic start that it had uh, through the first six games. Um, but the, the offense just cannot be having, it, it's, it's like the world is, is the sky is falling when, when this type of stuff is happening, like the whole, the whole reason this lineup was built was so you'd be able to sustain. Oh, great. Hicks is having a shitty day. Stanton and Torres will pick him up. That's great. Oh, judge is not having a good day. We got DJ atop the lineup. And then, you know, we got Hicks or Stanton or Glaber or Gary after him. So everything should be good. Not really good. When, when all is said and done through the first nine games, uh, and that's why fans are concerned. And I think that's why fans have every right to be mad, but, once again, hopefully they'll get their bearings nine games in one game under 500 chance to kind of turn it around this week. We got Garrett Cole tonight. We just want to see more consistency from the offense and a semblance of fundamentals. And I don't think that's a lot to ask for. Really don't. No, I mean, you're right. You're only supposed to be annoyed for a few minutes at a time, right? Like this, yes. this team is supposed to be built for the fact, like for the sheer fact that like maybe just maybe Aaron Hicks goes over five with two strikeouts in one game. And it's second and third one out and he can't get the job done. And they don't score in one inning where they've put traffic on the bases. They're only supposed to fail so very few times per game. There's going to be a moment in every game where you're like, if we could only reverse that, we would be winning by 12 instead of six. And like nobody wants to hear that from any of the fans. But when nobody's picking anybody up and the flaws are all nine guys in the lineup, you know, when you're watching and you see the the uh, batting average graphics come up. It just hammers it the hell home. How bad they've been through nine games. Like everybody, 120, 146, 173. I'm not asking for the Yankees to be JD Martinez, who by the way is hitting 472 now that he is video room access. Pretty cool. Um, <laughs> but like, I'm not asking for gaudy, crazy numbers, but I do know they're possible. Like other teams, best players are hitting in the 400s with six homers or whatever. 
Byron Buxton has crazy numbers. It's possible. Your team leaders could be hitting 390 right now. Um, but everyone of consequence on the Yankees, except for like Brett Gardner, is hitting in the low twos, mid ones, bottom ones. Gary Sanchez is hovering around 300, and that's it. Um, but I, I would like to see a little... And Judge is yeah. is hovering around 300, but nobody's hitting 420 with with three homers or four. <laughs> no, no. Um, it would be nice, and people are doing that. Um, but it would be it would be yeah. I want to see fewer ones. I can't believe how many ones I see when they scroll through the lineup. We're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, more talk about the weekend in baseball and Aaron Judge's injury. I guess stay tuned. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on UnderdogFantasy.com or download the app. Draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to the Yanks Go Yard podcast. You know, we, we, we can't stop talking about what we just watched. I do want to talk a little bit about, too, about Kevin Cash. Uh, completely unable to let the events of last year go, the tragic events, people being hit with baseballs or having baseballs thrown over their heads, which have already propelled the Rays to one ALDS victory in World Series trip, used as motivation by Mike Brasso for sure. Pretty big year for the motivational revenge tour, if you recall how 2020 ended. Kevin Cash ain't done. Jordan Montgomery threw the first five balls out of the zone on Sunday, the third of three starts in a row. That was really bad. At least Monty has the kind of stuff that he can eventually settle down and find himself without his A game. He had his C game in a game which the Yankees really had to win, and he started off by not being able to find the plate or come anywhere close. So he drilled Austin Meadows in the upper back, looked bad. Don't know why anyone would do that on purpose. The Rays... Don't tell them that they were extremely convinced it was purposeful. It was very intentional. The Rays announcers screamed about the Yankees not being punished enough. Mm. Uh, uh, Montgomery hit Meadows again in the game mm. uh, on the hands. Uh, I can't explain any of this, but I I can't. If if Montgomery did that intentionally, then he's dumb as a bag of rocks. Like it just if he did do that intentionally, I can't say whether he did or not. But if he did, stupid move. Dude, don't do that. We have to win games. Don't put people on bases. And don't get Kevin Cash mad. Kevin Cash in the post game yesterday went on to say, this was all a result of MLB not policing the Yankees hard enough for their abhorrent actions last year. Our oldest Chapman got suspended uh, for two games for throwing over Brasso's head. Was it intentional? Don't know. Can't say. Came in the ninth inning. Probably was because the oldest Chapman's crazy. That's a consensus we came to last year. I can't defend him, but I can't absolutely guarantee he didn't throw a terrible fastball because he has done that before. In his first outing of this year, I believe he threw a fastball in the other batter's box a foot and a half over Gary Sanchez's outstretched glove. Uh, it happens. It's not fun to watch. Um, I wouldn't want to face him. And then Cash also claimed MLB was at fault for not doing anything about Masahiro Tanaka. You don't remember this, Yankee fans. I guarantee you. But in that series, in another game the Yankees had to win, Masahiro Tanaka hit Joey Wendell on the shoulder. Wendell leaned into it. Was the it, leg. It, it was the leg. He hit him in the shin. I watched it today. It was a shoulder. Oh, it was? I just rewatched it because oh. I, I was ranting and raving about what this. What am this I thinking morning. about? 
uh, something else that yeah. doesn't matter. <laughs> but another time Joey Wendell got hit and we all shrugged it off. This is basically like the inflection point in the Peloponnesian War for the Rays. Like nobody in Tampa has ever forgotten when Masahiro Tanaka accidentally or purposefully or who knows went up and in and hit Joey Wendell on a ball in which he leaned his elbow into the into the baseball. No one in Tampa has ever forgotten that justice for the Rays. They're looking for a Masahiro Tanaka. They're still looking for a Masahiro Tanaka suspension. They're looking for MLB authorities to go track him down in Japan. I don't know what Kevin Cash wants, but he already got a World Series trip out of this faux motivation of pretending that the Yankees are the ones who are endangering your players and it doesn't go both ways. Andrew Kittredge was the first person in this rivalry to throw at anybody's head in late 2018. He got a three-game suspension. I would consider that enough. Uh, that was the CC Sabathia, that's for you, bitch, game. Yeah. Um, he got a three-game suspension. Chapman got a two-game suspension, which I believe was reduced from three, unless I'm crazy. Three to two, yeah. Yeah, so they got the same suspension. Chapman argued got it reduced. Cool. Uh, Kittredge, I don't know what happened to him. I don't care because that was the end of the 2018 season, and I have largely forgotten the end of the 2018 season, but Kevin Cash cannot let slipping fastballs go. I don't know why the Rays didn't retaliate yesterday if they thought Masahiro Tanaka uh, is still on the lam and maybe fled the country to get out of a suspension uh, for his horrible role in the abhorrent Kevin Cash Rays season. But they, they're not going to let this go, and then they are going to drill a Yankee the next time these two teams play, which is, conveniently, this weekend in the Bronx. Yeah, I mean, I didn't... I, the umps, it's just tough when... It's just tough when you're dealing with this, and you know bad the tensions are umps. Yeah, bad weekend for umps. You know, you warn both teams after the second hit by pitch, and then you have Rays fans complaining, oh, why are they warning us? Like, we didn't do anything. It's like, dude, because you're going to do something. You're going to. You're going to do it in the next inning. No, we're not dumb. We don't live under a rock. We know exactly what the bullpen is going to do. And they, it, they don't want all hell breaking loose. And I look, I'm going to be the first person to tell you something was fishy about Jordan Montgomery hitting Austin Meadows twice. I don't know why he would do that. Like you said, it was weird. Probably a very dumb person if that's what he's trying to do. But look at his body of work yesterday. 82 pitches, 48 were strikes. He only faced two lefties in the lineup because the Rays went righty heavy. And he was when he was pitching to righties, he was finding the outside part of the plate a lot. When he was pitching to the two lefties, he was on the inside part of the same part, the same part of the plate, the inside part of the plate. So I don't know if something was going on. He had some weird movement on those two balls, too, like coming in on them. Uh but also, again, another guy who doesn't throw hard. So like Tanaka hitting Joey Wendell in the elbow or shoulder with like a 92 mile an hour fastball. Like, I don't know how that grinds your gears. I fully understand Chapman going 101 over your head. And you're like, OK, dude, like not nah, that shit's not going to fly with me. But a Jordan Montgomery two seam fastball like coming in on you. I just don't know if that's I don't know if that's enough. And then I really it's definitely not enough to be reminded of Masahiro Tanaka's one little <laughs> blemish of, of nothingness. So uh, something was weird about that. Uh, I don't really know why it happened, but Kevin Cash, once again, you know, you guys have been the aggressors for a while. We could go pull out the clips of DJ LeMahieu falling down the box. How many times with Rays pitchers coming up and in on him? Uh, and that's our best player over the last two years. So uh, I guess be thankful that this happened to Austin Meadows, Joey Wendell, and uh, and Mike Brasso instead of maybe Randy Arozarena. Uh, I don't know. I guess yeah, you look at the silver lining here. Um, that's probably it. I don't like the complaining. I don't like the constant 
us against us against MLB as if MLB has anything to do with this. MLB is just trying to minimize benches clearing brawls. Maybe they come up with a statement on what Montgomery did. I don't know, but Kevin Cash, stop complaining, dude. You threatened the Yankees the last time this happened, and you publicly did it in front of all, all of bo- both teams' media on television. So uh, I don't <laughs> know what I, I – I mean, that's what happened. And then Aaron Boone's like, I don't, I don't know why. Yeah, they made fucking shirts and hats for it. And Aaron Boone's like, not sure why he's saying that. That's actually uh, pretty scary. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't like that at all, honestly. <laughs> uh, uh, but, I, yeah, I – just I, I want to be done with this. I like the rivalry. I like how it's heated, but like the 90 mile an hour fastballs coming at your guys on on the inside part of the plate is just not it, it's not worth starting a war over the Chapman thing. Completely different. But Montgomery and Tanaka, just please let it go. Yeah, I like the rivalry. I would like the rivalry more. People are, whoa, Yankees Rays, the new Yankees Red Sox. Yeah, I'd like the rivalry more if the Rays could bring the same level of intensity to the Red Sox. Idiots got absolutely dominated at Fenway Park this week. You dummies. You absolute dummies. You let us distract you from beating the Red Sox. Why did you do that? Um, I, I want to talk positives, I guess. I guess we could talk yeah. positives. Um, I, I mean, the Yankees bullpen... Outside of Nick, outside of Nick Nelson getting lit up in relief of a terrible Corey Kluber start, which was rare, he, he wasn't good, and that's okay. Uh, bad game, terrible game. And Lucas Litke given up loaded? a couple runs. Hmm? Nick Nelson didn't he come in with the bases loaded or something? Yeah, he came in with the yeah. bases loaded, gave him some runs, and he gave up some more of his own. He was yeah. he was bad. Um, and, and Lucas Litke's given up runs a couple times. No other Yankee bullpen pitcher entering Monday's game has given up a run. Uh, no runs, nothing on the ledger. Uh, even Nick Nelson gave up the run, the run that doesn't count on your ERA and extra innings against the Blue Jays. Um, the Yankees bullpen has been awesome and it hasn't just been the guys you're thinking about. I mean, Justin Wilson made his first appearance of the season. Not great. Uh, but God had the inning unscathed by definition based on mm-hmm. what I said. Uh, Loisaga, Sess has been spotless. Uh, O'Day has been great. Chapman has looked great since coming back. Um, uh, Chad Green obviously a little overworked in that Orioles game, but even so, should have gotten out of the uh, extra inning with that uh, Glaber yes. defense. Glaber D alert. Um, the Yankees have the best underlying metrics as a pitching staff in all of Major League Baseball, and they do not have Luis Severino and they do not have Zach Britton. Uh, I think that's pretty good. I think that's pretty cool. I've enjoyed the work of the Yankees bullpen. The rotation looked great until they went to Tampa, and I don't know what to think about Corey Kluber, but what I do know is that Corey Kluber should not, your your season shouldn't hinge on Corey Kluber. We've said this in the past. I hope he's great. He was amazing for his first two innings against the Blue Jays. Then he got tired out and weird, and he rebounded. He was terrible in Tampa Bay. Everyone is. So I don't know what to think. I, I super don't. But if Corey Kluber is your five starter, which he probably should be by the end of this season, then that's okay. He It'll be fine. Life will be good. I'd like to see Michael King. Uh, get Domingo Herman's next start. I don't know about you. I don't think he will, but we'll see. Um, and then Aaron Judge did play uh, Saturday and Sunday. Who knew? Who knows what that was? Uh, no, no one among us understands what's going on there. Um, we do know that Judge said his latest bout of soreness can be ascribed to the fact that maybe he took too many swings. Um, which that better not be true. If that's that's true, that's. Really bad. So you take taking you swings to, before bed. Like, what is he doing? Just yeah, you have to take <laughs> swings to play baseball, uh, and you have to take a lot of them because you're hoping to play for like seven months. So, if too many swings is a no go for Judge moving forward, I don't, I don't feel great about that. Um, but at least he did play those two games, both on turf and both in the outfield. I'm surprised he didn't get a DH game. 
And he, you know, had weird running form, scoring the tying run on Glaber's Ruby single on Sunday. But he did score. He sprinted around from second, beat the throw by a lot. Throw was terrible. Uh, but he was fast, running full speed, had some rips, still hitting 300, looking good overall. Uh, and he played those baseball games that we probably did not expect him to play. So, I mean, those are my kudos for the weekend. And uh, they got to win. Everything feels better after a Yankee win. I saw somebody say this on Twitter, and I have to agree. It is disgusting how much a Yankee win affects my mood positively and how much a Yankee loss affects my mood negatively. But that being said, I'll work on that in the offseason for now. <laughs> I'm just going to sit and ride the wave because I, I do feel very good uh, in the immediate wake of a victory. One that I could not watch, by the way, because my cable and internet went out in the ninth inning, but looks like it turned out just fine. Uh, maybe I won't watch ever again. That actually might be the best thing to do here. The Yankees have imprisoned us. This is just the way it's going to be. We try not to care. We really do. You try to not treat the 162-game baseball season like a 16-game NFL season, but it's too hard when you're trying to be a World Series contender and the tension's built up to this point and fans are upset. So we're going to be watching these games like a hawk. People are going to be graded fairly or not on a night-to-night basis. Um, well, like we've been talking about for so long, so long for the first week and a half, uh, so it feels like a fucking eternity. Things are going to even out, hopefully. Uh, you, but I mean, we got to like what we're seeing from the bullpen. I am a tad worried about Chad Green overuse at this point. Uh, he's yeah. gone one plus innings in four of his five appearances. And one of those was two plus innings. Uh, so I'm not I, I like it, but I don't want to burn out probably our most valuable he's might be our most valuable reliever because we can bring him in whenever and he will get the job done i don't know if that's a hot take or not but jaggery coming in the fifth jaggery coming in the fifth and throw two and a third or he coming in the ninth or in extras and get the save so i value that a lot um and he's come a long way since being labeled the bullshit opener a couple years ago uh where he was clearly misused but Really hope that he's not overused in the first half of the season. But nonetheless, him, Chapman, Loisaga, Sessa, O'Day, who is going to end up being the Yankees' best offseason signing. Uh, that's that's what that's what I'm saying right now in April. He's been incredible, uh, virtually unhittable. And even when guys get on base, he's very much in control from first pitch to last pitch. So that's all we're asking for, especially since how rocky the bullpen's been and how it was not pleasant with Adam Adovino towards the end of 2019 and all of 2020. Not, again, though, add Michael King into that mix, Justin Wilson, Albert Abreu, who made his 2021 debut uh, on Sunday, 32 and two thirds innings of relief in total, zero earned runs, 41 strikeouts, only 10 hits. So this unit really has to be given all of the credit. They've been the most consistent. Um, They have not put the Yankees in a bad spot once, like you said, aside from, I guess you could argue Nick Nelson, but at that point, the the, the afternoon was over. Uh, Corey Kluber couldn't get the job done. Uh, I I would have rathered him not started in Tampa, but I also didn't want Tyone to start in Tampa because I didn't think it was good for either of them to really, it's just bad. It's a bad place. I hope, I really hope it's, I really hope it's Montreal soon. I'm just, I'm saying a prayer because I, I hate it there so much. Um, and yeah, we only and, have to go there two more times though. Right. After like, it's good to get yeah, one out of the way. Early, I know. Honestly. Yeah, it is. I'd rather lose to them. I'd rather lose to them, you know, uh, five out of six times in April on the road than have to deal with it in August. Uh, but um, aside from that, yeah, I, I Odor 
thanks, man. Uh, that was great coming through when the Yankees needed it badly. That was his, uh, his debut for the Yanks, uh, got got uh his hands around on that inside pitch poked into center field for the go-ahead rbi single and gary we got to give gary the props because we talked a lot of shit on gary and we held him to a higher standard because of how the baseball world views him and he's doing everything he can to make sure he silences everybody at this point 296 average 5 556 slugging 406 obp so that's what we're talking about and even geo four hit day yesterday uh, brought his average and and slugging all the way back up. That two run home run, dude! Holy shit! Was that yesterday or was that? Yeah, it was yesterday. It was yesterday. I, yeah, I mean, I feel this this first ten days. <laughs> they of the didn't season score in the like, other games. <laughs> yeah, they didn't score in the other games. So yeah, uh, and um, th- those are those are my two shout outs in the lineup. I gotta give Gary all the credit. Um, and uh, Odor deserves the shout out for his debut performance. Geo making a little bit of a comeback. He's had a tough start today. He made an error uh, over the weekend too. Um, his bat was just slow to start the year. Guy's coming off elbow surgery. Can't really, can't really ask much of him. But now he's turned it around, and now we're just going to be. We want, we want some vintage DJ back. Hopefully this week, we want to see Hicks get on track, and we want to see Stanton just start to at least, at the very, very least, string together some quality at bats because I've seen none of them so far. Yeah, Geo for me is the leader in the clubhouse for the three hole. I don't know how you feel. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they'll ever do it, but no. puts bat on ball, hits line drives to all fields, cleans up other people's messes. This isn't, I don't think this is reactionary either. I, I don't think Aaron Hicks, it, it's not even an anti Aaron Hicks take. And every home, a home run doesn't change my view of Aaron Hicks. He ripped one in the, uh, you know, early going on Friday. Yeah. That's great. Um, I, I think he's a good baseball player. He does a lot to help the team. I don't think he should be hitting third. I think he'll tell you he shouldn't be hitting third. He's four for 30 career with the bases loaded. Why is that the guy you're putting extra pressure on to clean up major run scoring situations? Bad Hicks. They moved A-Rod to the eighth spot during the playoffs, for Christ's sakes. Like, sometimes you have to move people. Aaron Hicks is a good baseball player. He will do better in another spot, and that's a debate for another day, but I have a sneaking suspicion we're going to see more Aaron Hicks in the three-hole this week for whatever reason. Uh, that's it for this edition of the Inks Go Yard podcast. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Drop us a five-star review along the mailbag question if you got one. We'd love to be a little more positive in the next episode. I am at least happy the Inks got that one dub. Once again, winning the last game of a series after losing the first two is so much better than losing the last one after winning the first two in some ways. Um, I mean, it's objectively worse. You want more wins. But for podcast recording time, uh, if the Yankees had maybe if the Yankees had lost that third one in devastating fashion after taking the first two, I'd be pretty upset. Uh, and if they'd won the first one and lost the next two, I would be puking into a bucket. So I'm glad they did the things in the order that they did them. Technically, though, I'm still not. Really happy, and neither are you, Thomas. Until next time, you can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinrib, and that is because that's my name. It's Adam Weinrib. And I'm Thomas Carinante. You can find me at Tommy's underscore takes. You should be going on over to yanksgoyard.com for all the content. You should be talking to us on the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account at yanksgoyardfs. We'll be on for tonight and tomorrow night for the game, and we'll talk to you on the pod again on Wednesday, everyone. We'll see ya. See ya. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? 
Get $100 free. That's promo code radio. Terms and conditions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.